Hello everyone, this is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome to the show. Today is a special episode and I'm very excited to have a special guest, a leader, uh, an educator, a business consultant and a dear friend. Today my, my friend and my conversation partner is Scott Brown. Please, uh, Scott, welcome. Hey everyone. Mark, thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to have a great conversation today. Talk a little bit about leadership, a little bit about management, Mm -hmm. and talk a lot about life. You know what? I love those topics. I love leadership. I love management. And life, if you don't love life, then unfortunately, we need some help. We need to to talk. We need to talk. Absolutely. In a bar, maybe. I don't know. In a pub. All right. So, Scott, tell us what's going on in your world right now. What, What are you up to? Well, I am president and founder of a company called Hardy Consulting. And it's a leadership development and training company that was born out of a career in retail. Mm -hmm. Spent 21 years in retail, traveling the country, working for a bunch of people who unfortunately didn't always have the best of intentions for their people. Mm. And the longer that I worked there, the more I realized our people are what make this possible. And about eight years ago, I left the corporate world to go out and start my own business and that's what I've been doing for the past eight years. That's what I'm doing today. And that's what I'm going to do until I have to hang it up because I'm no longer able to go out and help people. Okay. So it's been a fun journey and the fun's just beginning. Let me ask you. So you've been on your own for eight years. Yes. It's, 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 it's not a lot, but it's not little. In that time, what have you learned about yourself as a business owner and type of clients that you'd like to help and Things like that. And I have some follow-up questions. Well, it's amazing. When I go and talk to people and they say, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I work with companies that have trouble with their employees. Mm -hmm. And everyone says, oh, you mean like bad bosses. I have a bad boss. I think everybody has a story about them having a bad boss. But amazingly, no boss ever says, oh, yeah, I was once a bad boss. Mm. So there's this huge disconnect between... The, how people perceive their leaders and their managers and how many of the managers lead and perceive them. And when I first started out, I thought that that disconnect was really because of the individual. And what I found is not just because of the individual, but it's largely also because of situations that people are in, mm-hmm. because of expectations people have, because of values that people hold. And the organizations themselves play a tremendous role in whether or not individuals are engaged, they're not engaged, whether they love their boss, whether they dislike their boss, whether their boss thinks they're doing a great job or whether their boss thinks they're doing a lousy job. Mm. And it wasn't until that I was able to go out and work with people, not just with the companies I worked for, but with Mm -hmm. companies that really wanted help, that Mm -hmm. I started to identify, you know, there are some things out there that slip under the radar Mm -hmm. that are really important things to address. And I would have never known that if I hadn't gone out on my own. Okay. Uh, Would you agree that if you work for a corporate, in corporate setting, Mm -hmm. you know, you are doing well, you're doing well and you're excelling. Uh, You have to be competent in a lot of skills, but a lot of times you find yourself because there's one skill that is really good and it propels you forward. When you leave the, not cushioness, but this environment of corporation, there's a trade-off. Now you have to know marketing and networking and writing and speaking and bookkeeping and it's it's not so here you were highly paid director or ceo or whatever c-level executive and now 
<laughs> your salary is reduced. Oh my god! And you have to start. Uh, and and where do you start? This is this is just uh, we're talking honestly. Yeah. When I first started, I started with an idea. I started with the idea that every employee should have the ability to go to work to work for something, somebody that they love working for, mm-hmm. and every boss should be able to have employees that love working for them. But I didn't know the first thing about how to get that message out there. As a retailer, you open your doors and people walk in and they're expecting something from you and they know what they're going to get when they walk into your store. Mm -hmm. But when you start your own business, you have no idea when you first open that door, when you first put up that shingle, you don't know what you're offering and people don't know what to expect from you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to find clients. You don't know what to do when you find a client. All that you have is this idea and this this grandiose concept of I'm going to go help people. I'm going to go make a difference. Mm -hmm. But what you end up doing ends up shifting so many times over the course of of a career. Mm -hmm. Now, what you thought you were going to be is nothing like what you end up being. I thought I was going to go out and just be an HR consultant. I thought I was just going to go out and help people with HR stuff. Mm -hmm. I was going to help people with investigations. I was going to help people onboard. I was going to help people hire. And after about six months, I was like, good Lord, I want to stab myself in the eye. This is horrible. And it was all the stuff I loved to do when I was in the corporate world. But now that I was on my own and there were so many more other possibilities, it was just limiting. I placed these limiting expectations on myself and I didn't even realize I had. And one day I had somebody say, well, I need help not with the technical stuff. I need help figuring out who I am as a boss and who we're going to be as a company. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's, that was my passion. That's where I wanted to go. That's how I could help. That was my long-term plan. I didn't even know it was a plan in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if you go out and think you're going to be one thing, just know that that's the one thing you're probably not going to be long term. Mm-hmm. So if I hear you, uh, some, some of the notes in your, in your conversation here is to stay open. Oh, absolutely. Stay open as fluid as possible, even when you don't want to stay open, right? So going to that uncomfortable place? You have to be willing to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. If you think that going out and starting something on your own doesn't involve risk and doesn't involve discomfort, you're sadly mistaken because that's all it involves. There is no day that you wake up in the morning and think, oh, this is just going to be an easy day. I know what's going to happen today because it's never going to be. And just when you think you figured it out, something's going to happen. It's going to turn everything on its ear and you're going to have to reinvent yourself one more time. Tell me honestly, do you love this? Do you love what you do? I love what I do. I can't say that I'm always in love with working for myself Mm -hmm. because there is a part that it would be nice to be able to have a steady paycheck and the security behind that of of having an organization behind you. Mm -hmm. But the freedom itself overweighs all of that stability you might get somewhere else Mm -hmm. because I get to go out and help people in the way that I know that they need help. I'm Mm -hmm. not constrained by some corporate philosophy or or by someone else's discomfort in what you're going to teach somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I remember years ago when I was working for one of the a larger specialty retailer mm-hmm. and I was a director of HR and I would go out and, and help a district and I was help I was interviewing and I was helping a district kind of figure out what was their what was their issue. Mm-hmm. And my boss was really scared of what I was teaching them and what I was what information I was providing to them because it wasn't her agenda. It wasn't her topic. 
She wasn't in control. And that fear of somebody else not being in control can really constrain what you have the ability to do. Right. If you just let yourself go and be free, it's going to be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be the best thing you can ever do. Right. And you can take risks knowing that, that you drive the ship. And also, when you take risks, do you believe that part of your personality oh, blossoms? I had no idea that I was going to become a speaker. I had a huge stutter. I was so fearful of getting in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And to say that one day you're going to stand in front of an audience, in front of a crowd, and people are going to want to listen to you. They're going to lean forward and listen to what you have to say. I would have laughed hysterically. My parents would have turned around and walked away Mm. because there's no way that I would ever be that person. Mm. And you have to be willing to, to risk failing miserably in order to grow significantly. And I have risked and failed and risked and failed and risked and failed. And I've learned that growth is not a straight line. It's this helix where you do something well and then you fall flat on your face, but you've taken a step forward and you take another step because you're willing to risk and fail one more time. Hmm. And without that, there is no, there's no opportunity to ever get better, no opportunity to figure out who you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, this way of thinking. Let me turn, uh, the, shift the angle just a little bit. Okay. You are in the front line. Yep. Right? You're in the front line of leadership. Yes. And specifically leadership between what, um, between front end employees and middle and executive. Um, like, what are the, what are the, what do, what do you see as the persistent problems? And what do you see problems motivating people, um, people failing to buy into the company? And people spend a lot of money. This company, it's a big problem, right? Yeah. They're not motivated. They're not self-starters. Can you just pick at that a little bit and just tell us what, what are your findings? I think the biggest thing that's out there that I see consistently kind of goes back to Simon Sinek's whole version of what's your why. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people end up in jobs and end up in careers because it's comfortable it's the next step. It's what they think they're supposed to do. But it doesn't really align with who they are. And I think regardless of where you are within an organization, you have to be able to know why you're doing what you're doing and how it matters to the company. And I think that's one of the biggest disconnects that's out there. That as an organization and as a boss, it's so easy to chase the wrong rabbit. Mm-hmm. Now, I follow this philosophy that if you're always willing to, if you're always chasing multiple rabbits, you're never going to catch one. Mm-hmm. And you have to know which rabbit you're going to chase and why you're going to chase that rabbit mm-hmm. and what you're going to do once you catch it. Mm-hmm. If you are in the C-suites, you have to be willing to make choice to say, both these options look really good. Both these rabbits are really important, but one of them is more important to where we're going long term. And as you work your way down that chain of command so that you get to your frontline employee that's responsible for that customer experience, they have to know if I'm being sent out to chase a specific rabbit, I have to know why I'm chasing that particular rabbit and why it matters, how it's going to relate. And you have to be able to give them the skills they need. You have to be able to give them the ability and the resources to go out and capture whatever it is you're trying to capture. In a nutshell, I think the biggest thing that we fail to do in corporate America and in organizations all across the land is that we fail to align what we do with what we say Mm -hmm. and who we are. Mm -hmm. That we're willing to go out and say that we're going to be one thing, but we don't do that thing. 
So instead of building credibility, we end up building this, this clash that our people don't necessarily trust us. Mm-hmm. And we say we're one way, but in reality, we're somebody completely different. We're an organization that believes something different, but it's serving a specific purpose that we think is going to help us, but it's not. Those companies and those leaders that align what they do with what they say and who they are, they build credibility. They build engagement. Mm-hmm. They're able to attract people that believe what they believe, that want to do what they want to do. So you don't have to keep going out and trying to motivate people. Mm-hmm. It's in, you're finding the people that are intrinsically motivated to follow you on your journey and your path. If you're constantly trying to hire someone and find someone that you can drive to do something, all that you're doing is coercing them into a behavior that isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. But you find those people that believe what you believe, that do what you want to do, and work in a way that's aligned with who you are, Mm -hmm. you're going to create magic. And that, I think, is the key that we miss far too often in the world. This is very... um, I'm intrigued and I'm fascinated. Um, Let's... Let's go in a little bit deeper. Okay. I am a business owner. Yes. And let's say I have this idea. I have a, uh, I have a proof of concept. I have financing. Now I need to build a team or, because I know I cannot do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And what is the language I say to myself? What is the next steps I need to do? Make sure that I build this company for success, right? Mm-hmm. What are the next steps I need to have? And um, I'm, I'm sure you, you cannot teach us everything in five minutes, but maybe a high-level overview, maybe an example, something that, okay, I want to work with you. I like your ideas. Give me something. You, you've started a company because you have an idea. So obviously there's a reason that you've picked that particular rabbit to chase. Mm-hmm. What's the Why? If you just started it because you think this is a concept that I can make a lot of money, mm-hmm. well, what happens when that first obstacle pops up mm-hmm. that all of a sudden you're not going to make the money that you thought you were going to make? What is the why for, that's going to enable you to persist, to overcome the obstacles, to look behind the trees for other opportunities that are out there? Find your why. If you can clearly articulate why this is the right rabbit to chase, why this matters, not just to the market, but why this matters to you, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have the ability to articulate that to other people. Mm -hmm. If you're going to build a team, you don't want people that are just technically competent in what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. You can train somebody for almost any skill that's out there. Mm -hmm. But what you can't do is you can't train somebody to believe the same thing that you believe. Mm -hmm. You can't train somebody to follow the culture that you want to follow. Mm -hmm. you know why you're going to do this Mm -hmm. then the next step is after you figure out the why is figure out exactly what it is i'm going to do and then how i'm going to work Mm -hmm. find those three things and be able to articulate them in a way that is succinct makes sense and that you can communicate to not just people that are going to work for you but to your customer base every customer that you come in contact with at one time was a prospect and they had to look at you and say you have this great widget that I need, Mm -hmm. but I can get that widget from other places as well. Why am I going to do business with Mark? Why does Mark matter to me? Well, Mark matters to me because what he's doing, his why, why he started this, why he's doing this, he does business in a way that resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And there is no one right way and one wrong way to accomplish anything. There's no one right culture, one wrong culture. As you're going forward, what you're going to find is 
the culture that you pick has to be aligned with where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad ideas out there that end up becoming successful because you're able to get buy-in for a short period of time. And then they get out and they go do something else. But it's unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. It's a series of short stops and starts. If you want something to be long-term, there has to be something that resonates. Resonates deeply within you. Know your why. Start with that. Start with why. Figure out how you're going to work and figure out what you're going to do. Those three things, when those align, that creates your long-term sustainable advantage. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, is there an example or a case study or a story that you can share with us that we can grasp this idea a little bit better? Now, I think one of the best stories about that goes back to IKEA. And Ingvar Kamprad, back in the 40s, came up with an idea that great furniture should be accessible to the many, not to the few. There's got to be a way to make it that we can lower the price so that everybody can have a more comfortable life. His why started with helping the many have a more comfortable life. Mm-hmm. We started to find ways to manufacture things that were able to reduce cost. And his why was always a more sustainable life for the many. And the roadblocks that popped up he was able to come up with better solutions because he always understood his overarching concept. and He stayed true to who he was and what he was doing. When he stopped being able to have manufacturers in Sweden manufacture his products in the 1960s, he was able to go to Poland, a place that at the time was behind the Iron Curtain, and was able to resource manufacturers in Poland. Mm-hmm to solve a problem in a way that was very different from anything else that was out there. He was able to find flat packs. He was able to create a way to package things differently. He was able to find manufacturers in a different way. Every roadblock that popped up, he maintained in his his idea, he's maintained in the forefront of of his thought, why am I doing this? I'm trying to help the many. And if people say that it can't be done because it's not comfortable for them, it doesn't mean that it's not possible. Mm-hmm. It just means that they don't want me to do it because it's going to hurt their business. It somehow damages them. But I'm in it for the many. And for Ingvar's entire life, he was in it for the many. And IKEA wouldn't have become who they were today if they'd been there just to say, we're just going to make furniture. We're just going to manufacture furniture. Mm -hmm. That's all we're going to be. We're just going to be a a furniture company. That was never who they were. Furniture was just their vehicle for helping people have a better life. And you can take that on on such a grand scale as IKEA, or you can help whittle it down. I have a friend who owns a janitorial service company. His name is Garen Sprouve, and he owns Clean State Janitorial Services. His why isn't that he's going to go out and just help you have a clean environment. He considers himself an an image consultant. If he wasn't doing janitorial services, he would have another way to help businesses create a better image for themselves and to help their employees create a better image of themselves. Mm -hmm. People don't work for him because they want to go clean toilets somewhere. They work for him because... They know that he's invested in their future. His why is to help companies and people increase their image and have a better life, have a better business, a better product, and be able to pay it forward and do that on a grand scale. His is a small company. It's not on the scale of Ikea. So it doesn't matter how big or how small you are. If you know your why, you stay true to your why, 
your what and your how are going to come forward very quickly. And when you figure those out and keep those aligned, you're able to create sustainable advantages that you won't find anywhere else. Hmm. This is amazing. Um, I like this idea. Focus on your why, mm-hmm. then the how, then the what. Yes. It also resonates with uh, this purpose movement that yep. is very present in our, at least in North America. Absolutely. In the United States. And we're, we cannot get enough. We cannot get enough. We, we want more and more and more. Scott, what an amazing uh, information you shared with us. Uh, would you share with us what is next for you? What are you working on? And how will that benefit your tribe and your audience and your clients? Well, the biggest thing I'm working on currently is I have a book that I published a couple of years ago called Alignment. And as I've gone out and I've talked to companies and I've done keynotes and I've done coaching and consulting, I've realized I'm missing something in there and I'm going back and filling in those blanks. And the thing that I've missed most isn't the what the problem is or what the solution is, but how it matters to the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. So trying to fill in those blanks is very important. Going out and, and finding the keynotes, I'm working on a TED Talk right now that I'm hoping to be able to do a TED Talk in the fall. I'm working on a Disrupt HR presentation that I'll be doing in the fall. And more than anything else, I'm working on finding those right clients that know that I have a great reason for being here. Now I just need to figure out how do I communicate that to my people so that I create the customer experience that opens those floodgates of possibility to drive people in. That's amazing. Uh, Scott, what is the best way for clients and audience members to reach out to you so they can they can start work with you. Absolutely. My website is hardyconsulting.com, hardy, H-A-R-D-I-E, consulting.com. My last name is Brown, and there's a bazillion Browns, so I picked my middle name because there's not a lot of Hardys out there. Mm-hmm. So if you reach out to me at scott at hardyconsulting.com or follow me on Twitter at Scott Brown, M-S-O-L, mm-hmm. great ways to keep in touch with me to keep the conversation moving forward. Thank you so much for coming. You bet, Thank Mark. you for sharing. Um, I got a lot out of this uh, conversation and promise us you'll come back. Absolutely. I will definitely come back. And update us what you've been up to, what you learned, new things, because things are always changing. Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, until next time, don't forget to speak brave. <laughs>